0: Good morning and thank you for listening to the Walking by Faith podcast with Reverend Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries. Listeners may follow Crossroads Ministries on social media and visit our website, crossroadsministries.webador.com for our monthly devotionals, platforms and more. This is the Reverend Mark Hawks. Welcome to Walking by Faith. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads before Thee. We thank and we praise You, Lord, day for Your blessings upon us. We pray, Lord, for the blessing of Your Word, that You would anoint it and bless me as I break the bread of life and try to give the bread of life, the words of God, to those children of God who desire to hear the truth. We thank you and we praise you for your anointing. Without you, we can do nothing. I am just a messenger. Lord, we thank you and we praise you today for salvation. Now bless the reading of your word. And we ask it in the mighty name of Christ. Amen and amen. Joy! joy in the lord when you hear the word joy what do you think about well i think the first time that i've seen it in the bible was probably in nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. nehemiah wrote in the old testament of course he was the one who was commissioned to go back and he got permission from the king to go back to rebuild the walls of jerusalem the lord had put it inside of his heart his heart was heavy and he was a cupbearer for the king he had to pray about it a lot he had to pray if he could have permission from the king to travel back and to rebuild the walls of jerusalem in his home and it says here in the book of nehemiah 8 and 10 for the joy of the lord is your strength you know if you don't have any joy you're just not going to have too much strength there is so much in the Christian life. That is uh, sometimes there's so many rules and I know that there are rules. I know that churches have them. I know the Word of God certainly has them. Provisions about you know, abstaining from the very appearance of evil and for us not to live in the flesh. Jesus said the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak indeed. But if we lose our joy, and most the time you can probably tell, I'm speaking to us Christians now, it's very easy to tell. It's kind of like an inner tube a in tire that's lost its air. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the old story about, I know you probably heard it, but it is it is a good illustration about the man who had a flat tire, and he pulled off to the side of the street, and it just happened to be an insane asylum with some people there. The story goes that the man had one flat tire, he was changing the tire that was flat, and then he proceeded to do that, got it jacked up and got it all ready, he put the new one on, the spare tire on. You know, back in those days, he had HUD caps, and some of you probably don't know what HUD caps are, but <laughs> used to be HUD caps on cars, and, and they come in different shapes. and sizes and varieties and colors and things like that. But anyway, so he's out there and he changes the tire, gets the tire on there and he has his lugs that holds the tire on with. The lugs, he puts them on the hood cap. As he reaches over there or whatever, he kicks them over or knocks over the lugs that are inside the hood cap and they all go down a sewage drain. So he says to himself, what am I going to do? I don't have any lugs to hold my tire on, to hold the wheel on after I put the spire on. Allegedly, that man that was unable to reason like everybody else simply observed it and said to him "Said there's an easy answer to that all you gotta do you got, f- you got four or five lugs on each tire take one lug off of each tire and then you'll have enough you'll have at least three or four to put the spare tire on with and he said you know I never thought about that a lot of times people who are critical and I know I'm speaking about myself if you see Christians who are critical all the time negative all the time it tells you a whole lot more about them they might as well just wear a sign and say it I am miserable as a matter of fact Misery loves company. You ever notice that? Misery loves company. I've been around people. You have been around people. And I, and I pray to God that I, I guess I've been like this too. I have to admit it. Confess your faults one to another. That I've been miserable. And sometimes I just wanted to have a, a simple pity party. I wanted somebody to feel sorry for me. Well, you know, I, I would do this if it weren't for this. I would do this if it weren't for that. If the circumstances weren't that way, I, I could excel. Or you can even get to looking at Christians who are more successful and seem to do a lot more for the Lord. Well, it may be well be because that they have paid the price. It may well be because they have spent more time in prayer than you have. So we're not to be envious one of another. We're not to strive with one another. But we are to as much as lieth in us to live peaceably with all men. But if I had a message in this, it would be don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let the the devil steal your joy. John wrote and said, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. John wrote also in 1 John 5 and 4, he said, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Psalms chapter 16 verse 11 says, thou shalt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. and thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 17, the Lord. My God, in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in His love. He will joy over thee with singing. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, this is of course after Christ was born, probably about two years after He was born. And the wise men, they saw the star, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And it was about a period, of about two years well, before they actually came to where Christ was. And, and when they came to the house, they saw the child with His mother, and they were filled with great joy. You know, wise men still follow Christ. Wise men still follow Christ. I have nothing to ever say bad about the Lord Jesus Christ except that he's gave me joy unspeakable and full of glory, and the devil cannot take it. He cannot. He can give you a hard time, yes. The thief cometh but to kill, steal, and destroy. But the Lord Jesus Christ writes our names down in the Lamb's book of life, and I don't know of, of anything. I wouldn't trade anything to know the Lord. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul had a lot of reason to be buried down and out a lot of times because of the Jews five times received the forty stripes save one. Many times he was in the deep and the waters. Many times he was among treacherous people that simply wanted to kill him for preaching the gospel. And all these things Paul said I count it all joy that I may know him. I count it all joy for me to live as Christ and to die is the gain. James says here in book of James chapter 1 verse 2 he said my brethren count it all joy when you fall into the divers temptations but nobody wants any more trials than what nobody wants their share of them let's put it that way but it is through the troubles and the trials that we learn to trust Christ and we always know that the devil cannot steal our joy but now you can let him have your joy you can go ahead and make up your mind put your hands up and just surrender hey man that matter of fact that's what we need to do that's exactly what we need to do but let me finish that sentence we need to raise up our hands Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter chapter 2 or 4 verses 8 and 9. He said, I would therefore that men pray everywhere. lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. And in like manner also that the women adorn themselves with modest apparel, not with gold or pearls or costly array. In other words, when I say lift up your hands, I mean lift up because of the joy of the Lord. He dwells among his praises. David said, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The devil can take your joy if you allow him to. But he cannot take it as long as you claim it in the name of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Paul said, I am persuaded neither death, nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things yet to come, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. <laughs> Listen here in the book of Acts. The book of Acts chapter 8. Read with me here. In the book of Acts chapter 8. Oh yes. This is Saul talking about Saul's conversion. And we go down here. Okay, let's read here in verse 1. And Saul was consented unto his death. unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church, the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all gathered abroad throughout the regions. of of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial. Now, in the 7th chapter the previous chapter here, they'd already stoned Stephen or Stephen, to death. They stoned him to death. Now, the apostle Paul was not the apostle Paul here in the 7th chapter book of Acts. He was a Jew. He was the Jew of the Jew. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, the strict sect of the Pharisees. He was a man who already had an equivalent of two PhDs, or this man wrote 60% of the New Testament. This man was a learned man. He set it to. feet of Galileo, the great teacher of that time and day. He was an educated man. He was, And he was a Jew. But he saw the Christians as a threat to his religion. You know what? Christianity is a threat to religion. It is a threat to organized religion. The greatest threat to Christianity is most of the time it's organized religion. They never liked what Christ said. Matter of fact, he took away a lot of their joy. He killed a lot of their joy because they stood in the marketplace, the rabbis and the priests and the scribes and the Pharisees and they let out out broad their garments. Jesus said, and they desired to be called rabbi. They desired to have the attention. Oh yes, rabbi, rabbi. They desired to be called rabbi. But he said you're full of dead men's bones. Many times he went one-on-one against them. The scribes, the Pharisees, and hypocrites. Why? He stole their joy because organized religion is against the truth and the word of God. In the seventh chapter, they stoned Stephen. They stoned him. Verse 55. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God in verse 56 and said behold I see the heavens open this is Stephen speaking here while he's being stoned to death and said behold I see the heavens open and the Son of God standing on the right hand of God and they cried with a loud voice and they stopped their ears and they ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul that was the apostle Paul he was Saul then and they stoned Stephen and he kneeled down and he cried with a loud voice Lord lay not this sin to their charge and when when he had said this, he fell asleep. In other words, he went to sleep with Christ. Amen. In the 8th chapter, we go on here, and verse 2, And devout man carried Stephen to his burial, and made great lamentation over him. He was the first martyr, the first one, to give his life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 3, And for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entered into every house, and hauling men and women committed them to prison. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Verse 5, Now we're introduced to a man named Philip. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto the things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many that were lame were healed. And verse 8, And there was great joy in the city. <laughs> you know why there was great joy in the city? Because they got the devil out. <laughs> Yeah, glory be to God. You know how you can have a revival in your church? Get the devil out. You know how you can get revival in your church if you got a preacher up there, stands up there, and he doesn't teach the New Testament. He doesn't teach the Bible, the Word of God. All he does is just talk about social events and the Reader's Digest and the current events and what's going on in Washington. Hey, Amen, we could care less. There ain't a thing in the world that can save Washington except of Jesus Christ. There ain't a thing in the world that can correct us it's until we get back on our knees and we reclaim that which the devil has taken from us in the mighty name of Christ. Hey, Amen, we need a- an ambassador. We need a representative. The Apostle Paul writes and says that we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors for the Word of God. The Apostle Paul, Peter down here in Samaria, preaching. And it says that many that were possessed with devils came out crying with unclean spirits. And that after all, after they ran the devil out, the miracle of Philip preaching the gospel, there was great joy in the city. Amen. Amen. The reason why, listen, it's not by feelings, it's by faith. It's not by feelings, it's by faith. I see a city, but I've never been there. I see a Savior, and I've never seen Him. I've never seen an angel, but I live by faith. And I know that the devil cannot take your joy away. Jesus says here in John chapter 15 verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. These things have I spoken unto you, that your joy may remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Verse 12, This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. James also writes here in James chapter 1 verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. First Peter chapter 1 verse 7 says, That the trial of your faith, being more precious than that of gold, that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory at the appearance of Jesus Christ having not seen you love, but now you see him, yet not believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let's go over here to 19th chapter of the book of Luke. 19th chapter of the book of Luke. Don't let the devil take your joy. 19th chapter of the book of St. Luke, verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. Verse 4. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree, to see him, for he was to pass that way. Verse 5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for the day I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and come down, and received him, received him what? Received him joyfully. Amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. He received him joyfully. I don't know of any other person that receives the Lord unless they do it joyfully. Now, some people go to the altar. In the old days, they tell you to pray through and they tell you to hold on. And some of them tell you to turn loose. Some of them told you to, you know, stand up, uh, do this, do that. Hold on, turn loose, let go. I didn't know what to do, you know. But hey, listen, everybody's not the same. Everybody's different. Everybody's a different individual. But all come the same way. They come by the cross. They come by the cross. They nearly at the cross. They come to the crossroads. They make that decision. They accept the Christ as their Savior. And Zacchaeus was a short man and he, now, now listen to this, he was a tax collector for the Romans. He was a tax collector. And nobody liked a tax collector. He collected taxes for the Roman government from his own people. His name was Zacchaeus. That's what we know about him. And we also know that he was short. And I don't know why, but he must have heard a lot about Christ coming. He must have heard a lot about him, about the miracles that he was doing. And so they must have been a multitude around Christ as they always was. And in verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. He climbed up. He climbed up to a sycamore tree. Somebody said, well, I wouldn't do that. said, I've got too much pride. Maybe that's exactly what's wrong with a lot of us. We've got too much pride. Amen pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt us in due time. Amen. I've said this before. There are people, and and there are Christians too, sad to say. There are some Christians and some people, the only way they can stand tall is if they stand on somebody. Amen. But that's that's not the way that Christ tells us to do it. Christ tells us, you know what the golden rule is? Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. That's right. Do unto others as you'd have them to do unto you. So, Zagaheus, he was desiring even though he was a tax collector. No doubt he had a lot of enemies, had a lot of people didn't have a couldn't say one good word about him. You know, my friend, if you've got a lot of people who can't say one good thing about you, you know that Christ is looking for you. Did you know that? You're not looking for him. You're not even aware of him. You're not even aware. You're even lost until the Spirit of God wakes you up. But Jesus Christ is looking for you. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. He didn't come to make you happy. He didn't come to make every day a utopia paradise as the prosperity preachers preach. No, no, no. He didn't come to make you happy. Can Jesus make me happy? Can Jesus make me successful? Can Jesus make me rich? Can Jesus make the sun shine every day? Have a sunshine day like the Brady Bunch. No, 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 no. No, no, Uh no. He said, if you will follow me, take up your cross, deny yourself, and except you do this, you cannot be my disciple. Now, that's a real follower of Christ. He puts a cross upon us. We don't bear the cross. We don't bear anybody's sins. We're not no better than anybody else. But by the grace of God, the Apostle Paul said, I was one born out of due time. In other words, he came to know Christ after he had been crucified, after he'd rose from the grave. I was one born out of due time, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was more abundantly than they all. He said, what I became, what I, what I achieved, I did it all for Christ. I count it all but lost, but for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. He says, I am what I am, but by the grace of God. I am nothing but by the grace of God. No more, no less. But I tell you one thing, I want to please my savior. I want to preach his word. I want to win people to Christ. I want to be a good witness. I want to be true. I want to be honest. I want to be sincere. I want to be as real right now as I am on my job or when nobody's around, nothing, nothing around. I want to be a good witness. For the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus says, glorify. He says, by your works, if you continue in my works, they will know that you're my disciples. So let your light so shine before men. Let your light so shine. Now don't take a flashlight. Now listen, a lot of Christians are arrogant. And a lot of Christians are mean. And a lot of Christians are just downright rotten. I mean, I admit it. A lot of them are just carnal. But I mean, we still got to love them because they got to grow. Because we all started out somewhere. We've got to have our attitude determines our altitude. You say, I want to be on a mountaintop. Well, so do I. But listen, always have a good attitude. Be ready to answer. The Bible says Peter wrote in First Peter 3 and 15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to answer every man that asked you of the reason of the hope that is in you, with meekness and with fear. Let your grace be always with salt seasoned that you may know how to answer every man. So we need to have a good attitude. Speak it in love, speaking the truth in love, sharing Christ with everyone. And don't let the devil take our joy. Because you know what? He knows he can't. He can't. He can't. Oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put you in the same position I put Job in. I've always wondered about Job. I've heard theologians, preachers, and I listen to every preacher that's on the radio. I love them because they help me to grow. They help me to learn. I mean, I've got a pretty good education, but I like to hear other preachers preach because they bless my heart. They bless my soul. And the bottom line of it is when I hear them, I sense that they're sincere. Even so, the Lord has ordained it, Paul said, that that they which preach the gospel should live with the gospel. And if you let your light so shine before men, so don't take it like a flashlight and run up to them and blind them with it because, hey, listen, don't you know that I'm holy? Don't you know that I'm a Christian? Don't you know that I've got this and I've got that? Don't you know? No, 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 no. You don't do it that way. Uh-huh. No, just keep your mouth shut most of the time and just let your little light shine for the glory of God because Christ is inside of you. Let them see Christ. Only one life to live. An elderly minister. I knew him. He was a great evangelist and in, in our churches and most of the time he'd always close out he would give the altar call he would say only one life to live and soon is past and only what's done for Christ will last that's right so let your light so shine before men don't take it like a flashlight and try to blind everybody with it don't tell everybody how holy you are don't worry <laughs> if, if, if you've got any holiness you got it from Christ I guarantee you ain't got a bit <laughs> Matter of fact, that's what the problem is. The churches are trying to do, they're trying to do the work of Christ without the Spirit of God. They're trying to do it without the wholeness of God. They're trying to do it without the biblical instruction from the Word of God. Follow peace with all men and wholeness without which no man shall see the Lord. No man. Blessed, Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So, let that light shine. But let it edify and glorify the body of Christ. Do it the way Christ will do it. Speak the truth in love. And don't be condescending. But love one another, even as Christ loved us and forgave us. Zacchaeus, he climbed up that sycamore tree and he made haste. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him in that sycamore tree. Hey, Zacchaeus, come down, make haste. Come on down for the day. I must abide with with you at your house. Say like, what? Boy, that this, this. is what Jesus did. This is what Jesus was always good at doing. <laughs> Man, he he turned the religious world upside down. He made the scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites. They had more headaches. They had more anxiety. They had more stress. <laughs> Glory be to God. Than they could handle. They just couldn't stand it. You know why? Because Jesus, Jesus didn't give them organized religion. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Christ, Christ gave them something to live for. Amen. Christ gave them something to live for. Amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So what What happened? Here's what happened. Every time Jesus did this, and when verse 7 and chapter 19 of Luke, and when they saw it, they were all murmuring, saying that he was going to be the guest with a man that is a sinner. And it's like he has stood and said unto the Lord, behold, look what's already happened to him. What's already happened to this man. You know the best testimony? You know why I believe Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with God through Christ Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The Apostle Paul said there is a foundation, a sure foundation, and it is Christ Jesus. No other man can be saved whereby, in the book of Acts it says, whereby no one can be saved except by the name of Jesus Christ. And the reason why I believe Christianity is, It would reduce our prison population. It would reduce the breaking up of our homes. It's because Christ is the mighty counselor. The Prince of Peace. The marriage counselor. He is a marriage counselor. He is a good shepherd. He is the greatest teacher. He is the greatest philosopher. He never wrote a book. He never traveled 200 miles from the place he was born. He never never sought fame. He did miracle after miracle. And yet, this man, not no one's life, has impacted mankind as much as the life of Jesus Christ. This one solitary life. You can look at the testimonies of men, women, boys and girls, wicked men, vile men, men that hated God i the right just like the Apostle Paul. His organized religion, somebody's tampering with my organized religion. A lot of you out there are just worried about your organized religion. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Kind of messing things up here. Hey man, hey man. Listen, my friend, religion will not save you. Shaking a preacher's hand will not save you. The only thing that will save you is the blood of Jesus Christ. The only thing that will save you is the same thing as Zacchaeus encountered that day, and that's Christ. Christ, He fills you. He First, He forgives you of your sins. He gives you a complete slate. A brand new slate. And you'll name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, look what's already happening here. What is the proof that Christianity is real? Changed lives. Men and women's changed lives. You can go to Alcohol Anonymous and you may have a relapse. And I'm not mocking them. Hey, listen, we got to try anything we can do to get rid of drugs, alcohol, or putting homes back together and everything like that. But I tell you what, the reason why our homes are falling apart, when the family is destroyed, the nation is destroyed. Once the devil has destroyed the family and divided the family and confused our young people about gender and all of this stuff, That you are made in, this is what you need to be told. You are made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God, and God has a plan for you. Christ died for you. He bled upon the cross for you. Whether you believe it or not, whether you ever accept it or not, it's still true. He wants to give you eternal life. Eternal life. Leave all that misery behind. Leave all the misery behind. I can't promise you everything's going to be make you happy because that's not what the whole thing's about. We live in a fallen world and we have to face reality. Nobody likes to pay taxes and nobody likes to drive in traffic and nobody likes to have a headache and have to work and nobody likes to have to get up in the morning and get out of bed. But I tell you what, when you accept the Lord, you'll get up in the morning instead of saying, Good Lord, is it morning? You'll get up and say, ha, Good morning, Lord. Glory be to God. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hey, 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 man. Hey, man, David said, I was glad." I was glad. Oh, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was glad. Let's go to church. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, so much more as you see the day approach. Hey, is it time to go to church? Oh, I got to drag on the church. Oh, I got to go again. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, prayer meeting. Oh, I'm so tired. You know what's happened? You've lost your joy. You know why you think that way? you've lost your joy. (laughs) I used to be around a lot of people. I used to have a good old friend. He's a good Christian friend. Good Christian friend. He had the best way of being able to aggravate me. He could just aggravate me, and he would just come around. He'd say, hey, say, Brother Mark, have you lost your joy? I mean, have you lost your joy? Maybe you need to get saved again. Maybe, have you lost your joy? (laughs) Oh, oh, how good it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Hey, listen, listen. You know what the Mark's you know a real Christian is? Hey, man, I'm happy. I'm happy. I, I mean, I wish you could be as happy as I am. I'm beyond being happy. I am joyful. I am joyful. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hey, man, if you want to be strong, get the joy of the Lord. Hey, man, if you want to be strong, pray and spend time with Christ. I guarantee you can't be miserable. I guarantee you don't want to make people miserable. I guarantee you that your joy will always Overflow and the people will begin to look and understand and see that the Spirit of God lives inside of you and they just might want some of it because all the world offers is misery. <laughs> Woo! Man, glory to God! Yeah! Oh man, oh boy, praise be to his holy name. Do you feel that? Hey, if you're a Christian, do you feel that? Hey, listen. Hey, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord! Oh, the Spirit of God is here. Zacchaeus, being that old tax collector, oh, right here, here, right here he is, here he is. And everybody sat back there and said, "Oh, Jesus," and went to be home, went to be a guest with a sinner. Oh, have you got any sinners in your family? Have you? If you're a Christian, you know what the greatest opportunity you have—that is to live for Christ, to speak of Christ, to glorify Christ, to love them. I don't care if they hate you guts, to love them, to love them. No matter what, love them. No matter what, love them. The greatest opportunity you have is to share Christ with them. And every man has to come to those crossroads. Every man, nobody can walk it for you. Nobody can do it for you. Mom and daddy can't do it for you. Grandma can't do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. Only you. At that time, that moment, that second, that place, that hour, the circumstances, I can remember it right now. I'm 46 years old in the Lord. I can remember the time, the day, the place. I've never forgot it, and I don't want to forget it. You know what's wrong with Christians? You know why they're not on fire? You know why they don't have any joy? I know. I've been there. I know why. I'm confessing my own sins because I left my first love. You know why you don't have it anymore? Because you've left your first love. You just go to a church that's dead. You go to a church that hands out a program. There's no altar call. There's no spirit of God. There's no anointing. There's no joy. There's no nothing. Just church membership. My friends, please, Lord Jesus. When we've received Christ, oh it's so wonderful, it's so good. <laughs> I just I just couldn't shut up about it. <laughs> I don't, I can't get over it! And I don't want to get over Hey, I made up my mind. I'm not willing to double take my joy. Uh, no, no, no. no, no. Philip went down there. He cast out demons. And it was unclean spirits crying with loud voices. Lord, get get out of here! In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth! Rise up and walk! Yeah, that's what Peter and John did. They went into the temple at the third hour. What was it? in The third chapter of the book of Acts. And there was a man sitting there. And he, all he could do was beg. Begging for alms. That's all he could do. Homeless person sitting out there begging for alms. And he looked up to Peter and John as though to receive something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Peter said this word, oh yes, silver and gold have I none. But the, as such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And immediately his legs and his ankles received strength and he began to leap and walk. He began to leap and walk and praising God. Woo! Glory be to God. When's the last time you hear somebody in church say praise God? Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Hey, where organized religion is there ain't no liberty. Hey, Amen. Hey, Amen. I'm so let I me Christians get so happy, I'm just gonna praise the Lord, I'm just gonna cry, I'm just gonna weep. I don't know if you're gonna jump or run or whatever. I don't know, I don't know. But I mean the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the devil tries and tries and Listen, he's been doing this, I don't know how long he's been doing it, but he's been doing it longer than, than we know about. He knows. What works? Jesus said, Take heed that the cares of this life do not take you unawares. Zacchaeus? Oh they, oh, they had a lot to say about Jesus. Oh, if this man was really a holy man, he, he's a friend of sinners. You better believe he's a friend of sinners. Thank God he is a friend of sinners. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's the best friend. Yes, sir. Amen. He's the best friend an old sinner ever had. Amen. You know what I am? I'm a sinner saved by grace. Amen. I don't practice sin. Amen. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Christian doesn't want to sin. But we all sin to come short of the glory of God. And we all sin in some degree, to some extent, in word or deed or action or thought or something. Let's just be honest about it. We all do that because we all sin and come short of the glory of God. But I am in Christ. But because I'm in Christ, I don't want to sin. I have no desire to sin, but because I'm in the flesh, I'm restrained. I am restrained. I'm held up and I'm enclosed, I'm imprisoned in this body of flesh. And someday I will fly away by the help and the grace of God, because Christ liveth in me. If this same spirit which raised up Jesus from the dead shall be in you, he shall raise you up. And where I am, thou, you shall be also. Yes. What do you get? What do you get when you come to Christ like as I You get forgiven. You take Him in. Take Christ. And then the onlookers. Wow, He's going on to be a guest to the man that's a sinner. Yes! Yes! That's why I came. I came God. He said, I came not to call the righteous to repentance, but those that need a doctor, the physician. If you were diagnosed with cancer and you had a doctor, he knew you was going to live maybe six months and he didn't tell you that, he would be wrong. If he lied to you and told you that, well, you're fine. You don't have any cancer. You're good. But you really did. What would you think of him? Well, you'd think he's a bad doctor. You'd sue him from malpractice. But see, Jesus is the great physician, the great doctor, the great healer, the great intercessor, the great, great king of kings and the Lord of lords. Revelation chapter 17, verse 14 says, But these shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords King of kings, and they that are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. What do you want to be? I want to be called, I want to be chosen, I want to be faithful. Jesus said, Many are called, but few are chosen. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you so much for being with us. God bless you until the next time. Join us next week for part two of this sermon by Reverend Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries. This is the Reverend Mark Hawks. Welcome to Walking by Faith. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads before Thee. We thank and we praise You, Lord, today for Your blessings upon us. We pray, Lord, for the blessing of Your Word, that You would anoint it and bless me as I break the bread of life and try to give the bread of life, the words of God, to those children of God who desire to hear the truth. We thank You and we praise You for Your anointing. Without You, we can do nothing. I am just a messenger. Lord, we thank You and we praise You today for salvation. Now bless the reading of Your Word, and we ask it in the mighty name of Christ. Amen and amen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Zacchaeus takes him home with him. Zacchaeus said unto him, (laughs) and to the Lord, verse 8, so happy, so happy, so full of joy, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I have given to the poor. The whole half of my goods I give to the poor. Now he says to Jesus, I will give half of everything I got to the poor. Well, he probably stole a lot of it anyway, to be honest about it. But let him that still, steal no more, I will give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, which I reiterate that he probably did anyway, I restore him fourfold! Verse 9, And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, For as much also he is also a son of Abraham, for the son of man is to come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Bible tells us in the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, and listen, don't, the devil can't. He can't. Case closed. Case closed. Just, I mean, this is better than having Perry Mason as your lawyer. Case closed. He is the false accuser, the accuser of the brother. He is the one. He is the old slewfoot, the devil. Yes, yes, yes. He's on the fiction of our imagination. He's not a fictional character. No, he's not just part of Greek mythology or all stuff like that. No, 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 no. I don't know what he looks like. He don't have a red suit and a pitchfork and a pointed tail and everything like that. No, 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 no. Satan comes as an angel of light. He stands behind pulpits. He writes books. He speaks. He's a very charismatic Speaker, but when it comes to the word of God, he ain't got no use for it. He said to Adam and Eve, Did God say, Did God say? That's where he started out. Has God said thou shalt not take partake of the fruit of the tree of life? Has God said? Oh, but God knows the day that you eat of that fruit, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. Oh yeah, God's trying to hold something bad from you. That's old Satan slew foot lying to you. Lying to you. That's what he does. That's what he does to Christians. That's what he does to, to derail them and take away their joy so they can't be affected. They can't be affected because messing around in a devil's sandbox. And the only way to get out of the devil's sandbox is to lift up your eyes into the hills from which cometh your help and put your faith and your trust in Christ. Galatians 5 and 22, For the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. James says in James chapter 1, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy that you fall into diverse temptations. Hebrews chapter 12, Looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher. Who's the author and the finisher of our faith? It's Christ Jesus. It's not a Baptist church. It's not a Pentecostal church. It's not a Methodist church. It's not a conference. It's not a pope. It's not anybody. Who is the author and the finisher of our faith? Oh yes, it's my Lord and my Savior. Oh yes, Paul writes here in Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, despising the shame, and is set down at the right-hand throne of God. Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3 says, Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Exodus chapter 3 verse 9, Moses and God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush, and God said to Moses, Take off your shoes off of thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. Let me tell you something, when you come into the presence of God, nobody's full of pride. No sir, nobody has, a, nobody has a market corner on holiness. The only thing that I can stand on, the only thing that will keep you safe, the only thing that will protect us, is the Word of God and the blood of Christ. Anything outside of that is just a waste of time. As I said, walk on the water. Can you walk on the water? Well, oh, yeah, when it's frozen over in the wintertime. No, you know, fourth watch of the night. The disciples were in that ship and it was turbulent. And they thought they were going to die. They looked up and they saw a spirit coming. They saw a spirit coming. They didn't know who it was. They didn't know who it was. It was Jesus walking up on the water. Christ walking up on the water. I can imagine them going back and I could imagine, I could just imagine. Not only did they hate him because of the way he talked and what he, how that he spoke with authority. He spoke with authority. Christ spoke with authority. Not as the scribes. He spoke with authority. Where did he get that authority? His authority came from God the Father. He was God in the flesh. He spoke with authority. And then Jesus says to Peter, It is I, if it be thou, Lord, bid me to come. And he said, come. And Peter walked right out of that ship. Walked right on the water. I don't know how long he walked on the water, but he walked on the water. There's only two men on the earth that I ever know of that ever walked on the water, and that's Christ and Peter. i ain't never seen any of the prosperity preachers do that. Why don't they just go ahead and walk on the water? Name it and claim it. You know the only reason why you haven't got everything that you want is because the Lord don't love you, or it's because you're old granny, you got some sort of sin in your life. And and I'm sorry you just ain't got enough faith. You just ain't got as much faith as I got. Now is that any way to do people? Uh uh-uh. uh no 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 no. No. He walked upon the waters. He walked upon the waters. And then and then what happened? And then what happened? He did what many of us do. And what I've done. He took his eyes off of Christ. And he looked at the surroundings of the water and the turbulent sea. And he began to sink. Lord, save me, Lord, Lord, save me. I praise, save me, I praise. <laughs> and he said to him, Oh faithfulness, wherefore this thou doubt, doubt? As long as we keep our eyes upon Christ, we can keep the devil at bay. Now he'll come around. It don't make any difference. It don't matter how many victories or how many times you've been on the mountaintop, how many times you've been prayed up, prayed through, and everything else. How I many you, you think man, you think just sit back, take it easy, don't worry about it? Everything's fine. If the devil don't never bother you, you've never been saved. If the devil don't never tempt you, you never ever been born again. If the devil don't give you a hard time, <laughs> my friend, I think you better examine yourself in the Lord. Glory be to God, because I'm a friend of Jesus. He's my Lord and my Savior. So keep our eyes upon Christ so we won't sink, no matter what's around us, no matter what's around us. Moses said, God said to him, take off your shoes. And he said, the cry of my children have come up unto me. The cry of my children have come unto me. Turn with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 51. I think all of you know where I'm going to be going. King David. Here he is. Here's King David. You've heard it said before. Oh, I don't know how David could have went to heaven. How in the world could he went to heaven? You know what he did? You know what he did? Well, number one, he he numbered Israel. That's one of his sins. That was one of of his greatest sins, I know. But that's commonly not the one everybody talks about. He numbered Israel. Now, what do you you mean he numbered Israel? I mean that he took a census and he inquired of his second-in-command, I want you to count and find out how many horses I have, how many chariots I have, how many men that bear spears, how many I have, took a census. And he wasn't supposed to do that. The king was not supposed to take a census and find out how many he had in his army. Because he was not to lean to the arm of the flesh, but to the arm and trust in the Lord. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. So he was forbidden to do that, but he did it anyway. He numbered Israel to find out how many he had that would take up arms to defend the kingdom. But we all know that David did fall more than that. He was a lover, a fighter, charismatic leader, a king. He was a shepherd boy. And we know him that because he killed that Goliath. It was almost 10 foot tall. Little David. Son of Jesse. Taking care of the sheep. Killed a bear with the Spirit of God. Killed a lamb by the Spirit of God. And went down there to take food to his brethren that were in Saul's army. Saul didn't have any Spirit of God in him. Saul was just a king chosen by people. Saul was not chosen by God. God allowed the people to choose Saul. God didn't choose Saul. King Saul looked good on the outside. King Saul looked charismatic and handsome and tall and straight and a leader. But inside, he had nothing inside of him. He was a coward. He was weak, indecisive. He was not willing to obey God. When David went down there, son of Jesse, shepherd boy, take food to his brethren that were in Saul's army. And at that time, the Philistine, Goliath, send me a man, send me a man, somebody to fight with me. And the armies of Israel trembled whenever Goliath stood out there. Send me a man, send me a man. God help us to send men. God help us. As I told you before, I listen to every preacher that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of them are well known. Some of them are just in the backwoods of a country church somewhere on the radio. I'm telling you, it just thrills my heart and my soul to hear them preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, there ain't nothing like it. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, preach it, preach it, preach it to preach it, preach it. Be it's an in-season, not a season. Reprove, rebuke, exalt with all wrong-suffering doctrine. For the time will come, and now is, when they will not endure sound doctrine. Glory be to God. Whew. Blessed Jesus. David the King David. David the Lover. David the Charismatic Leader. David the Shepherd Boy. What happened to him? You know what? You know what happened to all the ministers of the 1980s when they got caught up in scandals and believe me what i'm about to say i'm not saying it with joy you know what happened well my analysis is that first of all some of them never been saved i know that's hard to believe but some of them have never never really truly know the lord but that's for the lord to decide that's not that's not for me to decide that's not for me to call but some of them it was just too much of them and not enough of christ that's our problem it's just too much of me and not of christ I hope and pray. As I told you, the men I listen to, I I believe they're sincere. I have no reason to doubt them. They preach the gospel. And anybody that preaches the gospel is my friend. I love them. They're my brothers. King David, he numbered Israel. Yes, that was wrong. That was a sin. Yes. He provoked the Lord to anger, the Bible says. Then King David stood up on that roof one day. He stayed at home. He was taking it easy. You know, the best time the devil gets us is when we take it easy. Just sit back and relax. Take it easy. Amen. David walked on that roof and he saw that beautiful woman, Bathsheba. You can picture how good she looked. Very beautiful woman. Goes without saying. And he inquired of her. And then he committed adultery with her. And then he brought her, the woman's husband, which was in his army, brought him home. For a furlough to go unto his wife because Bathsheba had sent word to him that she was pregnant with his child so he arranged you know the story it's a sordid story it's a sordid story it's happened a thousand times over since the dawn of time it's nothing new adultery lying murder deceit pregnancies and then he brought the young man Uriah the Hittite he brought him in take your leisure go into your wife but he didn't go into his wife he was loyal to David imagine that He was loyal to King David. He was loyal. You know what? The Bible says, If we are unfaithful, He remaineth true, for He cannot lie. He remaineth faithful through it all. He remaineth faithful. Who? (laughs) Who does? Christ does. He remains faithful, no matter how bad we do it, no matter how low we get, no matter how out of the will of God we get, He remaineth faithful. Matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, He's called the faithful and the true witness. The faithful and the true. Glory be to God. David committed adultery. Then he had a soldier killed, and then he took Bathsheba for his wife. And then one day, after thinking about it, he got away with it. You know what? The child of God don't never get away with anything. Matter of fact, sinners don't get away with anything. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus. Then one day, it was Nathan the prophet came in with a counselor with King David, told him the story about a man who had his lamb stole from this one poor man. David rose up with righteous indignation. You ever wonder where you get righteous indignation from? Everybody has it. I don't care if they're an atheist. I don't care if they don't believe the Bible. I don't care if they don't claim to be a Christian. I don't care if they're secular. I don't care who they are. Everybody, you see something. You can see something in the mall. You can see something in the marketplace. You can see a, a mother maybe beating her child, not disciplining him. I mean beating him or something out of something that's not right. You see something wrong. A righteous indignation rises up in all of us. I don't I don't know why we, we have that because God instilled in us a conscience. Evolution can't explain that. They can't explain evolution. I don't care what you say. Evolution has to take a lot of leaps of faith. A lot of leaps of faith to connect it all together. It can't explain conscience. It can't explain why. When you see something that's wrong, morally wrong, why do you know it's morally wrong? Why do you have righteous indignation? Because God put it in it inside of us. And he rose up. Nathan did. I mean I mean David rose up. Who is this man in my kingdom who's done this thing and stole this little lamb from this man? I, who is he? I demand justice. My friend, let me tell you something about the great judgment day and the judgment seat of Christ. You people out there, a lot of you social warriors, you don't need, you don't need justice. You don't need social justice. What you need is mercy. What you need is mercy from the Almighty God. That's what you need. Amen. That's what you need. That's what you need. You don't need justice. If you get justice, and if I get justice, we'll get hell. Thank God. The mercy of the Lord endureth forever. David rose up on righteous indignation. Who is this man in this kingdom? Who has done this thing? He will pay! He will pay! Here it comes. Here comes the hammer coming down. Nathan pointed his finger at King David. And that's a bold thing to do with King David. Because King David could have had him drug out of there and killed right there at that very second. David could have doubled down and said, You're not going to tell me what I've done is wrong. You're not going to tell me. You're not going to tell me nothing! Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And Nathan said to him, Thou art the man, King David. Thou art the man. And David's heart, David's heart, David's heart hit him hard. Oh, blessed Jesus. My friend, if you're a Christian and you can sin and it don't bother you, you're not a Christian. Amen. Amen. I'm not I'm not preaching sinless perfection here because there ain't no such thing. Amen. In Christ we are perfect. In Christ we are mature. In Christ, yes, we are. But outside of the blood of Christ, we have two natures inside of us. It's the nature of man, which apart from Christ, is totally depraved. And the nature of the Spirit of Christ. Two battles going on inside of our hearts and our souls. Don't let the devil take your joy. Don't let the devil take your joy because he cannot. Zacchaeus came to the Lord and he received him with great joy. Philip went down and there was great joy. My friends, <laughs> I want you, when you come to Christ and your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life, Jesus said, Jesus said, that there is great joy in heaven over one. He leads the 99 and he goes out there and he gets the one he brings it back to the 99 there's great joy in the presence of the angels in heaven over one that repents great joy in heaven matter of fact jesus said that i make it to rain on the just and the unjust i said i make the sun to rise on the just and the unjust jesus elaborates and he goes even a little bit further and he says that to love your enemies. Pray for them that despitefully use you, that hate you, that persecute you. Why? Why did he say that? That you may be the children of your Father who makes the sun to rise on the just and the unjust. Amen. Amen. I want to reflect my Father. I want to reflect him. Amen. If only one life to live and it soon is past, as that old evangelist used to say, only one life to live and soon is past and only what's done for Christ will last. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we find here in the book of Psalm chapter 51 that King David states here in the verse 1. He says, he's praying for forgiveness. And he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy lovingkindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Verse 2, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Verse 3, For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before thee. Against thee and thee only have I sinned. I have done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified, and when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. He says here in verse 8, Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide my face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. We find here the King David, yes, he did do all these sins, but he repented. He came before the Lord as a broken child. In verse 3, he acknowledges, he acknowledges his sin. He doesn't try to pass it off as a mistake. You know, a lot of politicians, sometimes they get caught doing something or misappropriating funds or something like that. They'll say mistakes were made, or somebody will speak for them on their behalf and say mistakes were made. They won't admit that a crime was committed. But David took full responsibility for what he had done, and he repented before the Lord. And he says, Lord, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. We find here in the Word of God, Jesus said, St. John chapter 14, verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. I'm sure everybody's heard of the Golden Rule. In John chapter 13 verse 34, Jesus spoke and said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. In Matthew chapter 24 verse 12, Christ warned us and told us, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. You know, the closer you get to the light as a Christian, and I mean the closer you get to Christ, the more the sin And the desire and the appetite for sin leaves you and fades away. In other words, Christ being the light of the world, the closer we get to Him. We don't have to force anything off of us. By simply being close to Christ, the Son... The brightness burns it off of us. It just fades away. It just falls by the wayside simply because of the brightness and the love of Christ. So the closer you get to the light, the brighter it is. Now, you know, the light can blind you. The sunlight can blind you. If you're coming toward the west, traveling west during sundown, you'll notice that the sunlight will be setting. It rises in the east and sets in the west. The sunlight can blind you. But it also, if it's behind you, it can give you light. It depends on at what angle you're coming at. So the closer you get to the light, to Christ, the more sin and the things that offend Christ fall off of us. Jesus said in John chapter 9 verse 39, He said for judgment, now this is after He healed the blind man. John chapter 9 verse 39, For judgment I came into the world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. Now, Verse 40 says, and some of the Pharisees heard him say this, and they asked him, they asked Christ, the Pharisees did, are we blind also? And Jesus said, this is amazing. And Jesus said, if you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. Amen. I trust and hope that this message has been encouraging to you today. Thank you so very much for being with us. Keep fighting the battle. Remember, the battle is not ours, but it is the Lord's. And if God be for us, who can be against us? May your joy be full. Don't let the cares of this life, but keep your eyes upon Christ. Until the next time, thank you so much for being with us. God bless each and every one of you richly. Until the next time, amen. Thank you for listening to the Walking by Faith podcast with Reverend Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries. Podcasts air every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Listeners may follow Crossroads Ministries on Facebook for all the latest updates, and if you would like to partner with Crossroads Ministries and Walking by Faith, consider donating through our Anchor or Spotify platforms. If you have a prayer request, you may message us via the Facebook Messenger app, and all requests are kept private. Because we walk by faith, not by sight, We hope that this message has touched your hearts and your homes this Sunday.